we can do a lot better. And we owe it to ourselves to, to really put in the effort and, and to try to build some better practices because it doesn't have to be this thing that isn't accessible to anybody. I truly believe any lawyer with the right training, with the right time, can build a really great book of business and have an incredible career. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Build Your Book podcast, a podcast for lawyers to help them build a better book of business, build better financial security, build greater life freedom and greater peace of mind. My name is Double Tank. I'm your host for today. And I am joined today with Aaron Baer, a good friend of mine, one of my first clients. He's a partner at Aaron Burles. Great to have you on. So glad to be here. Uh, really looking forward to our chat today. Excellent. Well, you know, one of the key things that we talk about here at Build Your Book is having a strategy, having a systematic and very structured approach to building your book of business. I, we find that a lot of lawyers who are out there, they're kind of doing it pretty haphazardly. They're, they're, they're kind of shooting in the dark. They're taking one thing on and then kind of doing it uh, not, to, not to completion and taking something else on, not really doing that to completion. And they get a mishmash of results. So I'm really excited to speak with you today, Aaron, because you know you started off last year right at the start of the coronavirus pandemic with not too much on your plate, and then you were able to turn that around completely with the very strategic approach to business development. And I'd love to hear your story. Where were you a year before we started working together, and um, what made you want to reach out and, and kind of you know get some extra help to build your book of business? It's it's such a great question. So you know, going back a year, it's hard to believe we're we're over a year into the pandemic now. But you know, you could I could see the workload uh, start to slow down, and I think most lawyers could, right? You know, if you think back to those early days of the pandemic, it was just uncertainty, and uncertainty is the enemy of of doing deals and business and things like that. So I had a number of deals in the pipeline that were far enough along that I knew we'd get to completion, but I could just sort of see everything my clients had been telling me about that was going to be done in you know two or three months everything went on pause. And so I sat there and I sort of said to myself, you know, I've got two choices. I can either wait for work to come to me or I can try to get more work and try to do things differently because that's all I could do. And so I started a number of different initiatives and I started thinking, you know, well, what could I do? I can run online events. I can start using LinkedIn or other social media. I can reach out to, you know, old contacts. I can just do things differently. And I really started to embrace that, started to do things that were out of my comfort zone a bit. Uh, not that they were hard, but just wasn't used to doing them. And so LinkedIn, for example, became a really powerful platform for me where I started posting more. And I'm I'm not the kind of person who historically posts on social media anywhere. So that was very much out of my comfort zone, but slowly started finding my voice. Uh, I had already done a lot of pitches with clients over the years. I had helped build up one of my colleagues' books of business up to about $3 million from zero five years ago. So I'd learned a lot uh, and had a lot of experience there. But, but really what I realized as this started I started doing this more and things started growing is I was doing well, I was being successful, but I knew there were better ways to do things. And I also knew I didn't have the skills. I looked internally at, you know, colleagues who were potential role models or things like that. And I really didn't see anybody who was building a modern book of business in a way that felt authentic to me or, or strategic. What I saw were a lot of people that are either gotten lucky or had really good family connections. And I didn't have those things. And I also thought, you know, how do I scale this in a world where most of lawyers' historic business development has been one-on-one, -on -one, person to person, you know, in real life. And most of the world hasn't been running that way for a long time. 
So, uh, you know, I think most of law has been practiced one-to-one -one and not one-to-many for years, right? So lawyers perform one service for one particular client and then they do something different for another client. And, and the smarter lawyers are realizing, you know, we can provide one-to-many legal services, whether it's through document automation or a good process or things like that, you know, I can provide much more efficient service to people. And when you look at lawyer marketing it's or business development, it's been the same thing, this one-to-one -one approach. And it didn't make much sense, you know, going out for an hour and a half lunch with a potential client could be really powerful. You could build a great relationship, but there's no guarantees. And with the pandemic, you couldn't do that anyways. So, you know, it opened up my eyes to, okay, well, I can host online events and have 50 people there. And I can find ways to add value by hosting networking sessions and doing all sorts of different things and just reaching out and connecting with people. But again, when I looked to my colleagues, they were afraid of video calls. I was, you know, I was doing a campaign early in the pandemic where we decided to do, um, you know, a lot of outreach to a particular area. We were focusing on, on San Fran and Silicon Valley. And I would be talking to our marketing group and they're like saying, you know, we're having enough trouble getting people on video calls, let alone anybody else embracing this. And this was just basic stuff. I figured I can't go in person anywhere. Let's try this remotely. So, you know, I ran some email marketing campaigns, got a number of calls set up. And through this process, I, I learned a number of lessons, including, wow, um, I need some help. You know, how do I get my open rates higher in these emails, right? You know, I'm sending out, you know, 100 emails to prospective firms, you know, whether they're lawyers or potential clients, but how do I do this efficiently? And I, it, it was bad. I had to say to our marketing department, can we please A-B test this? You know, that this wasn't a concept that was even ingrained to start. So we're really starting from the basics. I knew from my business background, there were better ways to do things, but I didn't know what they were. All I knew is there were better ways. And started listening to sales podcasts, doing things like that. And eventually, Davil and I, you know, connected and we started chatting and I realized, wow, you know, here's someone who gets it, who has years and years of experience, who understands the legal space well enough. And it really just opened my eyes to all sorts of possibilities. And I still remember our first call. And you said to me, you know, you gave me some suggestions and you said, you know, are these too basic? And I said, no, no, like there's literally no one in the legal space using any of these concepts. And that's when I realized, all right, let's, let's do this together. Let's work together and, you know, hired you as my coach. And the rest is history. My, my book of business grew dramatically in the last year. And I have no doubt a huge part of that was, was due to, you know, the conversations we had, the guidance you imparted, and really the fact that you're an outsider in the legal space. And what I find is most people who are doing, you know, sales advice for lawyers or business development advice, they're former lawyers who are retired, but they're not salespeople. And that means you have a couple of challenges. Challenge number one is they don't actually know sales to the level someone like you does. They're not embedded in the sales space and the tech space, things like that. And they're very often not up to date on best practices. You know, they have good advice, general advice, but when it comes to digital marketing, and I don't just mean social media, I mean, you know, finding ways, this one-to-many approach to really build a book and build a funnel and a sequence and all these words that people in the sales space use that lawyers, I don't even think know what they mean. Th these other people didn't have that skill set. And I had talked to a number of them before I decided to, to retain you. And I was skeptical at first because I think like most lawyers, I, I thought, you know, I can just do this myself. It's, it's what I've been doing my whole life. And, as, as, you know, pretty soon after hiring you, I went, wow, you know, this is one of the better choices I've made. You know, who, how dumb was I to think that somebody like me who doesn't know anything about this area and has zero experience would be better off doing it on my own versus, you know, an hour on the phone with you. And suddenly I realized, wow, OK, here's 10 easy to implement ideas. <laughs> I wish I had called you sooner. So I'm so glad I did it. And I think for anyone listening, you know, getting over that initial skepticism is key. And it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It doesn't mean you're not smart. 
it just means you're not an expert. You know, if you were going to, you know, uh, you know, do the electrical work in your house with no experience, you could do it yourself, but you'd spend all this time on YouTube trying to figure things out, and then you run the risk of burning your house down. And that's not efficient. It's not a good use of your time. You're way better off delegating or just hopping on a call with somebody who knows what they're doing and then getting back to doing what you're best at. So I think it just makes so much sense. Absolutely. I think you raised some incredible points here. I mean, obviously, there were all these buzzwords you throw in there, like pipe, the pipeline, having a funnel, A-B sequencing, um, doing email campaigns. I think a lot of these terms are you know, fairly abstract, fairly new to a lot of people. They, they associate it with uh, um, uh, a different world altogether. But you're bringing up these points that lawyers do need to engage in these tactics. They really do need to implement these strategies. And ignorance of these ideas is really... Uh, you're doing a disservice to yourself by not doing this because let's face it, lawyers nowadays, and I've been talking to dozens and dozens of lawyers, you are more time crunched than ever before. You taking on a one-to-one -one approach is going to drain you out. And we're seeing record amounts of burnout rates. We're seeing record amounts of stress. You know, people aren't being able to come home on time, not be able to not able to spend time with their families. There's just constant sort of, you know, spending your time on the hamster wheel. And what all of these approaches that I'm talking about and that I've been able to teach you and, and you've been able to implement, the core of it is saving you time, saving you energy, saving you the, the ability to, to get home or giving you rather the ability to get back home on time at, at an appropriate time and um, having more than anything the peace of mind that, you know what, my next client is going to come through the door at this time. And that's what it's really all about. It's not about you know being out there, being that pushy salesman, I think even the word sales gets a bad reputation because you know you you, th you think you're going to become one of those uh, uh, late night uh, commercials that you know come to me for your personal injury law firm or, or something like that or better call Saul from Breaking Bad that sort of thing and it's not about that at all it's about being authentic it's about being true to yourself but finding a way to communicate your value your message to many people at the same time you know holding their hand taking them along for the journey and when the time is right for them being able to retain, be, being able to be hired by them, uh, getting retained by them. That's really the approach we're talking about here. This is not meant to be a sleazy sales approach. It's meant to be very authentic, grounded in who you are, and it's meant to be respectful of your clients as well. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, you know, the, the legal space is bizarre. And, and I've always said for a while, you know, maybe a lot of lawyers shouldn't be doing business development because for most of us, it's we're way out of our comfort zone and our skill set. But the reality for now is most law firms haven't embraced, you know, full-time salespeople. And so it's left up to the lawyers. And I and I sort of use the pilot analogy, you know, when you go on an airplane, not that I've been on one in quite a while, but, you know, in the old days, at least, you know, you think about it, you know, when you get to the airport, you know, you've got a machine probably to, to, to scan your passport or things like that. Maybe you go to check in and talk to somebody there. You eventually get, you know, towards the gate, you've got a different person checking your ticket. You've got a flight attendant or something scanning your boarding pass as you get on the plane and serving you drinks and doing all these things. The pilot isn't doing any of that stuff. The pilot is the person who flies the plane. That's what they're good at uh, using, using technology, you know, augmented by technology, and that's what they do. They don't perform any of these other tasks. But with lawyers, for whatever reason, partly maybe this is the lawyer exceptionalism concept, or partly it's just because law firms are run by lawyers and not, not business people, but lawyers wear every single hat. I am the marketer. <laughs> I am the person who does accounts receivable. I do the legal work, you know, I manage the team, I wear all these hats, and yet I went to law school and I didn't learn a lot at all, but if I learned anything, it was substantive legal skills. 
And yet here I am, you know, I join a firm, uh, you know, a, a top Canadian firm, and I'm told to be, you know, just become a good lawyer. Put your head down, do work, bill a lot of hours. And then magically, I'm expected to be good at managing people and bringing in work and keeping existing clients happy and making sure they pay their bills and doing all these other sorts of things with zero training. And all I really had was once a year, a session of, you know, a bunch of people two or three times my age coming in to tell me, you know, here's how I grew my business. And I, I remember thinking, this is, you know, this is all family on your end or, or this is, you know, things that don't work anymore. Your strategies would be hopeless if you were starting from scratch right now. It's sort of like somebody, you know, who's who, who's 30 or 40 years older than you telling, you know, well, here's how to apply for a job. Just hand out your resume everywhere. You know, go in person and drop off a resume or, you know, here's how I here's how I bought a house. I just worked my minimum wage job. And after three years of not spending much money, you know, I could buy a house. And, and that, you know, at least where I live, just isn't true anymore. So a lot of this well-intentioned advice just just wasn't practical. And I was hearing more and more of my colleagues get really scared, I think, of business development and not doing it. And they were being told, you know, don't do it. Focus on being a good lawyer first. But the problem is you eventually become a good lawyer with no clients and therefore no power, no control, none of those things. And in what I hear from so many people, and I see it now, is like there's never been a better time to start your own firm or join a smaller firm. But to do that, especially if you want to go out on your own, like you need clients. You know, at the end of the day, the people who make more money are the ones with the clients, even though they don't always deserve it. But they're also the ones who have better control and who often can delegate better. And so I think for a lot of lawyers, they really want these things. And I did a survey um, earlier in the year, and, and I mean, you know, everything you'd expect was in there. But I think when it comes down to it, a lot of us are just magically, you know, magical thinking, right? We just suddenly think, I'm going to go out for lunch or I'm going to speak at a conference or whatever, and magically I'm going to have this enormous book of business and everything's going to be amazing. And I think that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like if you don't have a plan, you're really just leaving it up to chance. Like you might as well just buy a lottery ticket. You know, you're basically praying that, that things work and they might work. You know, you might win the lottery, but there's a really good chance you won't. And I think when you look at people in other industries, whether it's the sales industry, um, whether it's really most other industries, you know, you have a plan and you execute that plan and you see what's working and what doesn't work. And then you make tweaks to it. And I think for a lot of lawyers, their plan is when I have time, this belief that one day you'll have more time, I will go out for more lunches or drinks with people. And I'm not saying those things don't work. They do work. And in-person contact, if we learned anything from the pandemic, is that it's exceptionally important. We crave it. We need it. It's powerful. But it's not efficient in most cases. And then I think also people think, well, I went out for lunch with this person, so now they're going to give me work. You know, I never asked for it, but it's implied. I didn't follow up with them. I'll, I'll talk to them again in a year, but they'll just give me work in two months, right? And no one taught me ever up until you know I started working with you the follow-up. Right. Okay, great. You did step one of business development. You spoke to somebody, whether in person or online or by email or what have you. But what next? You know, how do I get that person to become my clients and also make sure I provide value to them? And zero discussion of that in law school, zero discussion of that uh, at my firm, zero discussion of that, you know, that I've been privy to online. And to me, it's like, again, it's just a hope and a prayer. You know, may as well buy a lottery ticket. Uh, and I think we really just need to be more mindful that, you know, there are best practices and we need to, and that's why working with you is like, wow, I had never thought about these things. And some of them, when you said them were so obvious, and I just remember thinking like, why didn't I do this sooner? I can't believe 
I was doing this in such a scattered way. I'm lucky part of it worked, but I mean, my acceleration in terms of being successful, being able to bring in clients and keep clients, it was dramatic once I started working with you. No, that, that, uh, I'm really happy to hear that. You know, a couple of points that you brought up um, that I wanted to address. I think you brought up the point of comfort zone many times so far. Um, I think people get overwhelmed. They think that when they're going to talk to an expert, when they're going to um, talk about systems, that is going to be this very mechanical thing. It's going to be extremely complicated. It's going to require them to step way, way, way out of their comfort zone. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of clients that I've worked with, they're fairly reserved. They're a little bit introverted. They think that they're going to have to become these um, these social media superstars. And you know, for you, social media made a lot of sense. It's not the right approach for every person, but it certainly is for some people in some circumstances. Um, unfortunately, I think lawyers kind of go online and they see what everyone else is doing, and they're then they tell themselves, "Well, I just need to copy that." But um, we need to be a lot more deliberate about that. We need to pause for a moment and see, well, hold on a second. Is this right for you or is this not right for you? Let's make a real strategic decision here. Uh, but that's that. That's one point of it. The other part of it is the whole comfort zone thing, right? Uh, it doesn't have to require you to step out of your comfort zone. There's there there's what I call the comfort zone and then, the, then there's what I call the safety zone. And there are two separate concepts altogether. Uh, you can still remain safe. You can still be in your safety zone where you are within your domain of expertise. You're still being authentic. You're still being true to yourself. You're still not being sleazy, but you are a little bit stepping out of your comfort zone in and of itself where you are stretching out your skills. You're developing a new muscle. And I think that's what it really means to step, step out of your comfort zone. You're developing a new muscle. Developing a new muscle can be fun. It can be interesting. And you think about trying out a new workout program. When you try out maybe, uh, maybe a new yoga class, maybe you're taking a, a new uh, exercise routine, Pilates, whatever it might be, it's fun. It's, it's a new class. There's new, new music. There's new skills to pick up. So instead of getting daunted by this whole process of, well, I'm going to approach business development very strategically and, and I got to step out of my comfort zone. It's going to be this huge Herculean task of, of me feeling really uncomfortable. This guy's going to make me stand in front of a, a, a conference after conference, putting myself out there. Well, it's not about that. It's not about that at all. It's about staying within your safety zone, but stepping out of your comfort zone. And, and stretching a little bit, developing a new skill set. And you know that's the other thing. It is a skill. It's a skill that you can learn, that really anyone can learn, as long as they're open-minded, that they're willing to learn, they're willing to put in a bit of time, putting a bit of effort, not too much, just a little bit of effort. And it is truly a learnable skill. Uh, so I'm glad that these, these these points are having a, a real impact for you. And, and the last thing that you talked about that, you know, people leaving things to chance. And unfortunately, I see that happen so too often. And, and the results are, are just, just really haphazard. And, and in some cases, they're, they're very um, damaging to the lawyer because when you're not getting enough business, it affects your personal health. It affects your mental state of being. You take that back home to your family. When you're not having enough business coming in, and this is especially true for solo practitioners, people who work in small firms where really, if they don't bring in enough hours, they're not eating. They're, you know, they're, they're not having income coming in. That can be just devastating to someone. Um, and they personalize it. They, they kind of internalize this, this rejection. They internalize uh, uh, this failure of being not able to get business and they think that, well, they've failed themselves. And they t there's a lot of self-doubt there where they tell themselves, well, you know, um, I, I went to law school, I studied so hard, I worked so hard, and what do I have to show for? I've got nothing to show for. And I can't tell you how detrimental that is. 
because when you think that all of this is just chance, it's all luck, um, that mindset is tremendously damaging. And what I'm here to tell you is that you can stay within your safety zone, stretch out a little bit out of your comfort zone. It really is about a system that you are nurturing your clients with time, you're nurturing your clients with value, and what value means differs depending on circumstance, and, and we talk about that a lot in our coaching calls. Um, and finally, uh, that peace of mind that you get knowing that next month, I'm gonna get these many clients coming into the door, I'm gonna have this much business at all times, Th that is what's truly valuable. That, I think, at least from my experience, is what, what, what uh, allows you to feel successful, it allows you to build upon your success, to grow your business more and more and more, uh, be a more successful lawyer, do the sorts of creative things that you wanna do. Because when you do have a system that's working in autopilot, you can still go out and spend an hour, and an hour, hour and a half on a lunch meeting once you know coronavirus thing is, is all resolved. And you can actually go and enjoy yourself doing that stuff. You can go and enjoy being a lawyer. You can go and enjoy doing the things that you really want to do. But when you have a system, you can do all of that. Um, so anyways, yeah, I mean, what one thing to add there? No, you're you're so right. I mean, and it goes back to something you mentioned before about time, which which for lawyers is the most scarce resource. I mean, we we literally most of the time are tracking every six minutes of what we do, right? Time is everything for lawyers, and I have lots of thoughts on the billable hour and why it's terrible. That's that's not for today, um, but I think you know again, show it's, on it's, that exactly. But it's this belief that oh, you know, business development is something that I do when I have the time. And it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if it's something you, you, you care about for all sorts of reasons, you have to schedule it in. But but more importantly, you know, it's a non-billable task. And we all know non-billable tasks end up falling to the wayside. That's why we have so many challenges you know, with innovation and, and all technology and all these things is because when you're busy, no one's spending the time on these key things. And business development is another one of those. And the reality is, you know, you have to schedule it in. Sometimes it means you have, you have a little bit of a longer day to start, you know, because when you're starting out, Right. If you need to build time and build your book of business, I mean, you can't just do that in the same amount of time. There is a little bit of extra effort to start. But once it gets going, like it's been incredible watching, for example, on my end, you know, you, you start doing this and suddenly you're getting referrals. And then that referral person is referring someone to you and you're speaking somewhere and then the speaking invitations to start increasing. So you, it really, you know, snowballs in that that little bit of effort to start can suddenly become amazing, you know, just watching it sort of transform. But the other piece too, as you mentioned, is about authenticity. And it's interesting because when I look at my LinkedIn posts, for example, like literally they're all just authentic. And and that's powerful because there's such a lack of authenticity in the legal space. We see it as a weakness and it's one of you know the most foolish things in general. You know, anyone who's a fan of Brene Brown, for example, will know all about the power of you know vulnerability and authenticity. And these days, real leaders are authentic and vulnerable. Uh, whether you look at politicians, I mean, the ones that are not doing a great job are the ones that haven't handled COVID, uh, you know, using vulnerability. The ones who have, have much better, you know, public support. And at the end of the day, we're all people. And if COVID has taught us anything, it's that, you know, we need to be respectful of that and open to that and understand we're all going through our own challenges. And so, you know, this, you know, being authentic is critical, but it can also be this huge asset. So not only do you not need to feel like a sleazy salesperson, but sometimes by being more authentic, by admitting you know some of your own weaknesses and things like that, it can actually be the strength. And so for me, it was never about you know how am I going to convince people to buy the service they don't need, or or you know be a sleazy salesperson. Like that's just not my personality, and I wouldn't be happy doing that. For me, it was about trying to figure out you know what am I offering to people that I truly believe has value for them, 
And how do I convince them that I'm the right person in a truly authentic way? And working with you, you know, you really helped me understand, help me articulate better my value to clients, help me better understand it, and then just help me tweak some of my communication. Because sometimes it's the little things. It's not about being deceitful or anything like that. It's just about understanding what words to use better or how to better respond to questions or how to ask, how to make that ask that can be so uncomfortable. And for me, used to be uncomfortable. But if you don't ask, you're not going to get. And so you're not being sleazy. You're literally just advocating for yourself. You're giving everybody a choice. You're making them feel comfortable. And for me, part of that stretch zone or that you know safety zone was getting used to the concept of, of rejection because, you know, uh, you know, quote, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take or insert whatever other analogy you like. If you're not, if you're afraid of rejection, you're not going to get very far. And so I think for a lot of lawyers, we've been so trained that you need to be perfect and failure is not acceptable. We hate failure as lawyers, right? And we have to, for business development, we have to have a mindset shift. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more down the road, but that mindset of, you know, you're not going to be successful all the time. And that's okay. But if you have a good system, you have good processes, you are going to see success and you are going to, you know, see more happiness, see more clients, see whatever reason you will have for yourself for bringing in more business, whether it's control, money, power, you know, lots of good other ones, whatever they are, at the end of the day, you're going to get those, but you have to have the right mindset. And I think for a lot of lawyers, that's where we struggle is we're starting with such a fear, you know, fear of change mindset and fear of rejection and fear of, trying new things. And I've tried to flip that around and just remind myself, look, we all have, uh, so many lawyers have this. So if I can just get out of my comfort zone now, I am so ahead of the game. You know, I'm talking, I've got a sales coach or a business development coach. You know, I've gotten over some of these fears. Wow. You know, the sky is the limit for me in an industry where everybody else is afraid of this stuff and they're still figuring out, you know, how to work remotely and how to do the basics, right? You know, that fact that video calls were something that colleagues didn't want to embrace blew my mind because there were zero other alternatives where I live for the last year. <laughs> so instead of seeing it as a as a disadvantage, just say I try to say to myself, this is a strength. If I can get comfortable with these things, I'm going to have such a big advantage over my competitors, over my colleagues, over people like that, because at the end of the day, I'm just embracing some things that everyone else is afraid of. Absolutely. I think we've, we've talked about some incredible concepts today and, and, and it, on next week's episode, we're going to have to, you know, just unpack so many more of these. Um, it's it's a pleasure to have you on today, Aaron. I think we're definitely going to have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks as well. Oh, so great to be here and, and can't wait as well. Really looking forward to uh, having more conversations and helping drive this profession forward. You know, we can do a lot better. Thank you for listening to the Build Your Book podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to it on Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from, and share it with your friends and colleagues at your firm. And if you'd like personalized coaching to help you build your book of business, go on to buildyourbook.org/contact. Over there, you can also find the book itself that we've written to help you build your book. Until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the Build Your Book Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to it on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. And if you're interested in personalized coaching to help you build your book of business, go on to buildyourbook.org contact to set up a complimentary no-pressure call to learn more. And of course, if you're interested in the book itself, 
go on to buildyourbook.org. It's an Amazon bestseller and you can get it there for free. Until next time, take care.